it's been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by Quainton. Hey, guys. Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. It's Justin over here in Los Angeles. We've got Mike over in the UK. What's up, my brother? Yo, what is up? Nothing. Very pumped up about what's going down this week. Uh, me too. Me too. This is a lot of time and effort um, and circumstances that have been a little crazy have brought us to a very special episode. Yes, very special and you guys know Mike and his wife Karina came over to the States recently in uh, September, spent a couple weeks over here and ended their their travels with a nice three, four day stint in L.A. And it culminated in an epic, epic party thrown by previous podcast Wilder Hugo, one, one of our favorites that brought together a bunch of podcasts, actually, and and just friends, of course. But uh, we had quite an epic crew that got together for a day of uh, eating some delicious barbecue, playing some some beer pong, and uh, turns out recording a podcast as well. That's that's right, a podcast that. In its rawest form was what, Tad? Four and a half hours or more? Four and a half, yeah. About four and a half hours. Um, Pretty much we set up a microphone and on the spot at the party, we put out a topic to everyone that they could mull over as the day wore on. And whenever they felt like it, they could go in with one person. You know, we had, I think, an odd number. So you could go in with, with two people and have a three people in there and you'd give your top five lists and it came out in hilarious fashion it's so long and ridiculous that we we're going to release it you're gonna hear it but we're gonna release it as a bonus episode and it's gonna come out a week from today but today we are going to talk top five movies to remake that was the topic at the party everyone came up with lists And then what Mike and I are going to do today is we are going to pick our top five of everyone else's top fives. So we're going to give the five movie ideas that other people gave. So we're not going to choose any movies that we picked. And we're going to give the five that we like the most. And then next week, you'll get to hear all the madness in, in, in its full glory. Yeah, next week you get the entire thing. You'll hear everybody go through their picks. It's going to be quite long. So we're also going to give you this episode, which is, you know, a sober-er. I don't necessarily want to say sober. Don't know about you, but a sober-ish version, a little bit condensed, our favorite picks from all those lists from a fantastic day. One of the best days, dude. I, I... I've been saying this ever since. 
honestly one of my one of my favorite days in the last couple of years. Maybe my favorite day since COVID hit. Yeah, Incredible. I loved it. I loved it. Um, so yeah, so in case you aren't going to be able to listen to the entire bonus episode, um, because it is quite long, let's start and just give our personal picks that we came up with on that day. Okay. So my list from that day was number five, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So the second Jurassic World film. Number four, To Kill a Mockingbird. The, you know, the original 1962 version, which might be the only version, but I remember someone mentioned that maybe there was like a like a TV movie or some shit. I don't know. Either way, To Kill a Mockingbird, number four. Number three, Clue. Number two, Sleepaway Camp. And number one, The Outsiders. And mine is number five, Gone with the Wind, the absolute classic that I've never seen. <laughs> Number four, two-minute warning, which is like a 70s thriller with Charlton Heston. Three, High Plains Drifter, which is a Clint Eastwood Western. Two, The Interpreter, Sean Penn, Nicole Kidman, uh, thriller as well. And one, The Perfect Storm. Yeah, and if I didn't clarify on mine, I th- you know, Clue and the Outsiders, I think, are pretty self-explanatory. But Sleepaway Camp is, a, uh, is an 80s horror film. Classic slasher. Classic slasher. That's our lists. You can hear us go through our lists in much more drunken detail um, on the bonus episode, but those are all off limits. And all of the collection of the guests from the barbecue is what we're working from today to give you... God, there's so many picks to choose from now that I think about it. But to give you our newish top five movies we would like to see remade. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the cast of characters. I'm going to tell you who was there that day. And then Mike and I are going to go into our top five. You can get their full lists by listening to the episode next weekend, which, if you do have the time, is absolutely hysterical. As everyone gets a little bit more intoxicated, it gets a lot more hilarious. So look out for that. Cast of characters that day. Besides Mike and myself, we had Mike's wife, Karina, my girlfriend Alex, we had Wilder himself, Rory Cosgrove, Casey Byron, Rory's wife, Hannah, who has never been on the pod. We had the one and only Dennis Koch Jacobs. We had my brother Dylan Cohen, the one and only James Passamato. We had another new addition, Mikey Peterson, an absolute legend. And one of my brother's best friends, also also a great friend of mine, and a new friend of Mike. We want to try to get him on the pot. We had Dylan Finnerty, absolute giant on the pod. And then we had the debut, another debut of one of my dearest friends, Mr. Alex Mendelson, Mendy. But obviously the biggest, the biggest debut of the day. I've already said it, but Karina, Mike's Mike's wife. I've said legend a few times on this, but that is a fucking legend. Really a, a who's who of podcast characters were there, just going through the names. I mean, so many of our guests and also definitely some future guests. Yes, it was fantastic. With all this said, they each had five picks and we had to sift through and, and pick our favorites. So here we go. Mike, start us off today. Okay. 
lot to choose from here. Uh, my number five comes from Alex's list. Big shout out, Alex. Uh, this was her number four pick, and that is one that I've I've come full fully around on. At first, I was immediately like, no, no way, and now I've totally changed my tune. It's 1997's Con Air. No. Now, we both love Nick Cage. I mean, who doesn't, right? A legend. A legend. And Con Air is a fantastic film that by no means needs to be remade. And shouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I thought, too. But then here's what got me, Tim. I imagined myself sitting in the theater, previews coming on, and then suddenly I see a preview for a new Con Air movie. I would lose my goddamn mind. I would lose my fucking shit. So while I initially thought that, I would be so, so excited for a new Con Air movie. And and now I've totally changed my tune and I want to see it. I don't okay. know if Nicolas Cage is still in it. I don't know if someone else is in it. The cast of the original is so insane. I don't know how you Mike. could possibly match it, but... I'll tell you how this works. I'll tell you how you just got me on board. We cre- we make the legend of Nicolas Cage even bigger. And Nicolas Pitt Cage just plays himself in the remake. I love But it that. is a full-on remake. I love that. It's not a sequel. It is a remake, but Nick Cage plays him again. It would be the most Nick Cage thing of all time. Yes. The self-remake is really something that I would like to see. I have to be honest. And I just think, let's do it. Like, let's do it even bigger. You know what I mean? Like, can it be like Fast and Furious level big? Like, can we just go all the way with it? Let's go. Why not? I'm so fucking in. I'm so, you've just turned me around. I'm in. If, If Cage reprises as himself, but it's a remake incredible let's fucking go i mean ving rames could could reprise his role danny trejo could reprise his own role i'm into it let's just have everyone reprise their role oh my God, just a full honestly almost everybody could now that i think about the cast anyway this is just a legendary film and i i'm here for it again we've both said no now we're both saying yes i love the pick thank you once again to alex well Funny that your number five is an Alex pick, because so is my number five. Holy shit. Yeah. And I've got some strong negative feelings on a couple of her other picks, which you guys can listen to the app and find out what they are. But there was one pick that I absolutely loved, and that was her number five as well, 1996's James and the Giant Peach. So I don't think I've ever seen this, but but okay. it's definitely intriguing. Go ahead. If you've never seen it, there's there's a very famous book from 1961 by Roald Dahl uh, called James and the Giant Peach. I remember at least back when I was younger, it was one of my favorite books. I read it a bunch of times. And let's just say that the movie, the, the plot of the book itself, but but putting it to screen, it's it's very trippy in hindsight sort of looking back at it as an adult. And it would be, let's just say, if you took certain substances, this could be up there for like oh the trippiest films to watch. And I think the idea, because it does look very dated now, if you like go back and like watch it, I do think if they updated it 
and kept like some of the feel of the OG, this could be a really interesting movie to watch as an adult while indulging in some fun activities. Okay. Well, you had me at substances. I mean, I'm going <laughs> to check it out. Obviously, Road Doll. I mean, there's so many great stories that he wrote that have been turned into films. So I'm, I'm definitely down. And even just when she mentioned it, I was like, I have to watch the original. But yeah. uh, hopefully there'd be a remake out there to watch as well. Yeah, this one I'm really on board with. So so kudos. Hats off to Alex for uh, two picks just just yeah. right away. And And hats off to you because my number four is one of your picks. Oh, it is your number two pick and an absolute classic 1983's Sleepaway Camp. Wow. Now, I have to tell you, Sleepaway Camp is a movie that I just don't really like. I think as a slasher, I mean, everybody knows in the 80s, there was just like literally thousands of slashers. And and many of them were not good, and many of them are good. And this is generally, I think, one that people enjoy. And, and I think that it's it's just a little flat for me. I don't think the execution is is very good. I'm with you, bro. But it has a legendary twist, and I won't even say what it is, even though it's from '83. And and my thing about the twist is that I love it, and is the best part of the film. It's an incredibly like haunting image that you can never get out of your head that ends the film. But it's not it involves one person being another person, if that makes sense. And the real actress and actor that they're making the comparison, it's not actually the person. Does that make sense? Like they're just saying, oh, this whole time it was that one. But it isn't that person. It never was that person. And when they show it this way, it's clearly somebody else. And for me, that takes away from the twist. Okay. I think the movie is a lot of squandered potential. Yeah. It's an unbelievable premise and setup, but it does fall a bit flat. And I, I do think it's so funny now that we're talking about the epic twist at the end. I can't believe I didn't consider this for top five twists uh, that we did a bit back. But um, I actually, I yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Bottom line it has such a solid premise for a slasher and yes. such a iconic, such an iconic twist retooled and remade. It could be amazing. And I do think, you know, I mean, this is horror movies get written about a lot and they're very complicated because especially in the eighties, all the critics, not all the critics, but the most famous critics out there were saying that basically all horror movies are garbage and like they're terrible and they're they're exploitative and, and they're not something that should ever be watched and they're trash. And that's led to a complicated legacy. And I have never felt this this movie is dealing with trans people. And I've never felt that it was like sort of offensive in any way. And other people have. And and that's and I think maybe that aspect can still be incorporated into the remake in a way that's maybe even smarter. I, I love where the movie goes. I think that's a, a, an aspect of horror that would still be interesting. I just don't think the execution totally works. I love it. I'm honored that I am a part of the list. Well, going on to my number four, I'm going to the one and only Koch's list, and I am pulling out 1994's Street Fighter. Okay, this is my f- first honorable mention, so I love it. 
Wow, incredible. And this was Koch's number two. So Street Fighter, obviously, very popular video game series. Uh, They made a film that had Jean-Claude Van Damme in it. Also Kylie Minogue, hilariously. But the film isn't... It's so funny. Like, I haven't seen the movie in a while, if I'm being quite honest. But I guess the, the, the bad part is that I don't remember it. But it's such a great idea in theory. Like, that video game turned into a film is something that has so much potential. And I don't remember necessarily hating the movie, but again, it clearly wasn't memorable enough for me to be recalling it to you right now. So it's like, it feels like something that should be bigger. And I just think you could have, you could have a cast of dope actors in this and, I don't know. This this could be awesome. I even say I believe with him on the pod, like whether it was this, whether it was like the Tekken series, like getting like one of these like video game series into like a great movie form would be something special. So I absolutely agree. Um, Almost every movie now is like video game or comic book based. So the time is absolutely right now. I will also like to point out, I don't know if you knew this, but. Did you know, since you haven't seen it in a while, that Ming-Na Wen is Chun-Li? Mulan herself is Chun-Li in this movie? No. Yes. Wow, that's crazy. And she should obviously reprise her role somehow in this remake. But my thing with this, the only reason it didn't make my list and why it ended up being my first honorable is because I am a little bit concerned with how good it could possibly be given the new Mortal Kombat movie, which was not very good. That is actually a great, that's a great point. That's a great point. But I want it to be, I want to see it. I want it to be good. I just don't know who the right person is to take us there. But it was a great pick by Kosh, a great pick by you. It's absolutely the right time to do this. Like of the ones that we've talked about so far, for me, this is like, I could easily see this happening and like it definitely should. Like this is very much a possibility. Yes, I agree. I totally agree with that. What's probably not a possibility at all, honestly, is my number three pick, but I'm very curious what you think, because it was another one where my initial reaction was like, no, and then the more I thought about it, the more I got in. So this is a new friend of the program, obviously not new friend to, to you or I, but that is Mendy coming in. Ooh. This is his number four pick. Now, his number four pick was technically kind of open between two movies, which was Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, or Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. I have specifically, just for the sake of the pod, I'm calling it Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. And I just have to say that 90s Jim Carrey, is it not like the most you had to be there, like gap between watching it today versus if you were like 20, I mean, if you were like 20 years old watching it today versus like, the nostalgia of growing up with it and going back and watching it. I really do want to ask some people, some younger people today about that because I feel like, yes, you're on the money with that. But what the fuck do I know? Maybe people do find his stuff hilarious. I mean, I still think it's the greatest, but like, I just don't think it translates as well. I think you had to be there to really get it. I think you're right. 
And I want to see it. I mean, this is, you know, part of Jim Carrey's legendary 94, where he did Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, and Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. And obviously, Cable Guy is soon thereafter, and, and Liar Liar is soon after that. I mean... That's got to be one of the best years for an actor ever. Incredible. Killing it. And he's such a unique brand of humor. Just one of the funniest people from the 90s that I think... It's not that he doesn't get the credit that he deserves, but I just... Yeah, I just think it was much funnier in the moment. And I would like to see... I think that someone, let's just throw a name out there, someone like, say, Andy Samberg could do it in a similar way. I think he has sort of a similar style of humor that would kind of recreate it. But I would be totally open to someone taking it in a new direction. I think the premise is solid enough that even if it was like, I don't even know, like more of like a darker sense of humor or like more like offbeat kind of thing, it would that would also work as well. So I think the the structure is there. If you put a funny person in there, they can breathe new life into the classic. You know what? That is one that I was really not into. And I, I, I got to say, like, I'm still really I don't think I'm on board with it. Like, I get what you're saying, and I'm a little bit more on board than before you picked it. But it's just I don't know. I don't know if that one's remakeable. It's just I, I'm with you that Jim Carrey today maybe won't translate as well as he did back then in the moment with these specific movies but i don't know if i don't know if it's something you remake i just don't know i'm torn i'm very torn yeah i mean i i totally get it like i said i felt the exact same way maybe maybe someday we'll find out maybe someday well great number three and great shout to to mendy and i'm taking us to another first time podcast for my number three Ooh. And that's that's our man Mikey, Mikey Peterson. And I have chosen the 2012 film The Hobbit. Oh, okay. I've never actually seen The Hobbit, so I'm I'm curious. So here's my thing. So I believe it came out in two parts, was it? Let's find out right now. That might have even been three. I don't know. I think it is three. Yeah, it is three. So look, Lord of the Rings, one of the more epic trilogies out there. Uh, very well done. I went into The Hobbit thinking, you know, The Hobbit's going to be amazing. Like, look at Lord of the Rings. Like, The Hobbit book is a- fantastic. You know, you got Peter Jackson back. And the movies are bad. Not good. I They are over long. Like, they clearly wanted to squeeze everything they could out of this by making it three movies. It could have easily been done in two. And also Peter Jackson was playing around with like that like high frame rate thing that makes it look like sort of what's it called like the soap like the soap opera effect and it just oh, looked right. so weird in theaters cuz that was the only way you could see it it was bad and and then that was not the only reason it was like they're not good and Mikey pretty much says the same thing in the pod and so for just such an incredible book and like coming off Lord of the Rings the Hobbit needs an adaptation that's fantastic. And it just, I know it was so recent, but it deserves, let's just scrap those ones out and let's make a great version because it deserves it. It deserves it. I love the book so much and sort of broke my heart. 
sort of broke my heart. So I thought that was, I wasn't even thinking about it. And when Mikey picked that, I was like, wow, yes, yes. That is a great fucking pick. Yeah. It, it's funny because like, I, I never saw them because people said that they weren't very good, but they're so like, like I almost forget they exist. You know, the first trilogy that Peter Jackson made is so famous and so impactful. And I like mm-hmm. have basically never thought about those Hobbit movies ever. So it's, it's a shame really. It is a fucking shame. Okay. Well, segueing to my number two, I have to say that, uh, first of all, I loved all the picks. It's such a deeply personal topic, um, and we had so many friends there. It was just fantastic to hear sort of what everybody thought. I had a great time with it. So many great lists out there. Encourage you to listen to the entire thing if you're a diehard for sure. But there's really one list that it kind of kept surprising me. So I'm giving them a special shout out here at number two. And that is our good friend, Casey Byron, teaming up with, you know, the wife of a legend who I just met when I was there, uh, Roy's wife, Hannah, who now I know is also a legend. They had a crazy list and their number two pick. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is also my number two pick. And that is the 2002 classic. Oh, my God. Blue Crush. (laughs) <laughs> how do you remake perfection though <laughs> okay so first of all first of all anybody that likes blue crush we should be friends i mean let's just let's just talk about that these are facts these are facts it's just amazing to hear people calling out blue crush at this day and age not a very good film but also like a pretty enjoyable film um i love it but i'm just saying like sort of objectively it, it could use some updating but the things that they were throwing out about the film, such as it should have Gronk in it. <laughs> That's a fantastic idea. I love it. <laughs> Why not? I think they said Zoe Kravitz should be in there. Sure. Sure. That's a great ideas. Uh, it should be more environmentally focused. Yes. I agree. It's very Dude, important. I totally forgot about all these things. This was so this was so great. It's very important to protect the ocean. And, and yeah, I mean, just in general, just fuck yeah, anybody that actually likes this movie and is kind of repping it. And I just, man, I love it. And I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, is Blue Crush the movie that you saw during your not very good movie experience that we've now yes. talked about? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. 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 <laughs> Where I was fucking in the theater alone while my my brother and mom went to go see another movie, maybe Mulan actually, and like literally it was so creepy. This guy was just like standing in the hallway of the movie theater for like ten minutes, and it was it was I was alone in the theater fully, no one else in there, just slouched down in my seat. I mean, wow. You know what? Maybe you do for the remake. Maybe you just you have all these epic additions like Zoe, Zoe Kravitz and. And and Gronk and all these people, and then you just have Michelle Rodriguez just play herself. Absolutely, she should, a hundred percent. She doesn't age; she's a legend. And and we should just quickly say, you know, Gronk would be playing like you know, I think the main guy who's played by Matthew Davis in the original. Oh my god! And I'm again an amazing idea. But shout out Matthew Davis for being Warner in Legally Blonde, one of the most yes. memorable memorable bit roles, really, for me. Wow, what a fucking pick! What a shout out! I absolutely love it. Wow. Well, Mike, my number two comes from your list, my friend. Oh, thank you. 
Yes. Very exciting. Yes. And, uh, you know, when, when you first mentioned this, I, I never would have thought of it. But then as you explained it, as I thought about it, I thought, wow, this is perfect. And what could be more perfect than remaking your number one pick, The Perfect Storm? Oh, wow. Okay. And Rory, as you guys will hear on the pod, he claims it was also his number one, but he had not written it down. So it's up for debate. He he ended up giving another number one, which you'll hear. We were drunk. Let's, yes. You know. Yes. And so this is 2000's The Perfect Storm with George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg. You've got Diane Lane in there, John Hawks, William Fitchner. It's John C. Riley. I mean, there, there's what a great cast. And Mike, I believe maybe that you said something similar, but for being such a great like disaster film plot, like you know, ba- based on re- a real story, but uh, it just I don't know. Like for a movie that should, in theory, have been so fucking good, for me, it always, always fell a little bit short and it just feels like one that if you did it similarly with like two really big actors and you know this 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 cast of good actors with this with this plot I feel like it should be even better yeah I mean the thing with this is that there's there's really only like surface character development of most of the characters and they spend a lot of time like there's a whole other thing going on with like a helicopter and another boat and there's like the people on the shore and like while that's not unimportant you just keep being like hey go back to the boat where the disaster is happening like i want to get to know these characters i want to see more of the disaster which doesn't even start until like over halfway into the film like it's it's really a strange construction for a disaster flick which had a stacked cast can easily be redone and I think improved. Dude, I'm fully with you. I thought this was this this pick like really like I was like, ooh, this is so interesting. I would love to see this remade. Okay. So that's your number one, right? That's my number two. Number two, number two. Okay, so I went first. You're so. bringing us number one. Bring um, us home, baby. Bring bad. us to number okay. one. So my number one, um, and I have to say the reason why I gave such a long intro to my number two is because my number one is also from Casey and Hannah's list. Oh my God. Taking the two top spots on my list. Again, big shout out ladies. It is their number four pick and actually a film I just saw for the first time <laughs> did not. in the last couple months. And that is 2001's The Wedding Planner. <laughs> no. Okay, first of all, yeah, I just saw The Wedding Planner and Made in Manhattan. I did a little double feature by myself. No big deal. And Sounds delightful. It was, it was delightful. It was delightful. And neither movie is very good, to be honest. But, uh, I mean, J-Lo, so charming. So I'm not totally sure that I understood or, or I'm going in the same exact direction that Casey and Hannah went. They hinted at it, but I think I'm maybe taking a slight veer to the right. And that is remaking The Wedding Planner as a horror movie. Oh, my God. Not only do I think this is a good idea, I'd be willing to participate in the creation of this film. I think it's a perfect film that needs to be remade absolutely immediately. (laughs) There's there. It's a similar like there's we've talked about on the Patreon, at least the hand that rocks the cradle. But there's a lot of movies that are like, you know, 
a maid or or, or a guest, a friend, a relative, you know, like comes to stay with somebody or infiltrates a friend group and starts to, you know, like break it down from the inside and take over. And then at the end, people realize that it was like this intentional plan um, to take over. You know what I mean? That It's a very well trodden path for a thriller or a horror movie. And I don't think it's ever been done with a wedding planner. I was trying to think. I almost feel like I've seen the film, but then I thought about it. I don't think it's been done. It's a fantastic idea. I, I love it. I think this needs to be made immediately. This is the perfect Bro, idea for a remake. I got to admit, I'd be there opening night. Fuck yes, you would. Fuck yeah. Oh my God. Let's fucking go. Wow. What a fucking pick. Also, can I just tell you this little tidbit that I picked up from the Wikipedia? So Please. obviously, wedding planner, J-Lo, Matthew McConaughey. I mean, a dream team, really. Can't really go wrong with them at True. all. True. The original couple let's say that was supposed to be cast in this movie jennifer love hewitt brendan fraser no so they that unfortunately didn't work but would still be a fantastic movie in fact that's who i want for my horror remake very quick shout out to dylan finnerty to the boy meets world jennifer love hewitt halloween special now they were replaced with of course you had to be there at the time Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr., who were basically cast in every movie, but like only ended up making a few together, I think. Mm-hmm. And of course, those dropped out, and then we eventually got J Lo and Matthew McConaughey. Wow, wow! You've just taken us down an epic path, my friend. The Brendan Fraser comeback is here, and I want it to be in a horror movie version of The Wedding Planner. That's what oh I'm saying. God. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Okay, and Let's I can't go. wait to know what your number one is. I thought you were already on number one, so I feel like I'm getting a bonus pick. You're getting a bonus pretty much. Okay, my number one. I'm taking us to my brother, Dylan Cohen's list, whose list I absolutely loved. I mean, it, it, it shared three movies with mine, but this is not one of those movies. This is his number one, 1939's The Wizard of Oz. I also like this pick quite a bit. I just, I couldn't believe, honestly, Mike, in hindsight that... This hasn't happened yet. And that's sort of my brother says that, I believe, on the pod. Like, so we're coming out on, I mean, this movie is over 80 years old at this point. It's an absolute classic. I mean, everyone knows what The Wizard of Oz is. Everyone knows, obviously, you know, the lion, the tin man, the scarecrow, and Dorothy, of course. Anyways, this is primed. It's such an epic tale. It's prime for a remake. And and Dylan said something in his explanation that I thought was brilliant. He said, you know, you, you need like a great director, like maybe a Spielberg to put his take on The Wizard of Oz. And it's like, think about sort of prime coming of age Spielberg movies. Get him behind the camera, do a modern take on Wizard of Oz. It could be brilliant. It would be, you could put that out. That would be your movie that's coming out on Christmas Day, biggest release of the year. Like, how has this not been done yet? I do not understand. And I think it needs to happen. Okay, a few things. So this is in development right now. No, it isn't. It is, it's as of this year, it's in development. Wow. So I don't know much about it. I just remember seeing an article. Um, I looked it up when I 
read Dylan's list. And this is in development. So love the idea. I'm very, very happy that it's happening. I will also say Return to Oz with Feruza Balk. I actually like that quite a bit. I didn't see Oz the Great and Powerful, but I'm here for the spinoffs as well. Or not spinoffs, but sort of reimaginings. I absolutely want the full remake. I think it could slay, but I'm here for all Oz content. I love it. I love it. Give me, give me Spielberg's Wizard of Oz. Let it happen. Let it happen. That people. would be incredible. And he's because he's doing West Side Story, isn't he? He is. He so, is. You know, maybe he's got a feel for remaking the classics. I like it. I like it. I like it. So that's that's number one. Let's. Uh, should we recap? Yeah, let's recap and get into a few honorables. Um, All right. Mine is five, Con Air, four, Sleepaway Camp, three, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, two, Blue Crush, and one, The Wedding Planner. And mine is five, James and the Giant Peach, four, Street Fighter, three, The Hobbit, two, The Perfect Storm, and one, The Wizard of Oz. Okay, I'll throw out a couple couple honorables here because we've already touched several on my list Mm -hmm. my next highest was wilder's number five pick which was all the fast and furious films after one now the reason it didn't make my list is because the correct answer is all the fast and furious films after four i don't want anybody to touch the first four but after that yeah have at it i love it wilder you're such a nut also, I'll just take a brief aside to tell you on the pod, when we were just like brainstorming, like we very first came up with the topic early in the barbecue, Wilder and I were just riffing back and forth about the different things we could do to piss you off the most. <laughs> so, so, so like this was one of the ones and I'm so glad they actually made the list. I think my best one that I came up with was 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, God. Get but the, the characters from Mark Wahlberg's Planet of the Apes. <laughs> just, <laughs> um, but uh, your list, Love It to Kill a Mockingbird remake. I think the movie is, is very good, but the performance is better than the movie itself. And you kind of have to read the book to get some of the subtleties. So I think that could be redone. Clue, I think, is good. And one that appeared on a couple lists is actually something I just watched this year for the first time, Little Giants. Bit oh. of a deep cut, but I kind of like it. I don't like Rory's take that the, the Cowboys should win. I don't think no. that's the best way to take the movie, but I love it nonetheless. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love the shouts on To Kill a Mockingbird and Clue, which were both on my list. And then Mockingbird also was on Karina and my brother's list. Yeah, and it's the right time for Clue. I mean, I mean, oh. Ryan Johnson gets that massive deal for the Knives the Out Knives trilogy, out. and they remade Murder on the Orient Express, which is something that Wilder even mentioned on the episode. It's it's time for the mysteries. Get have at it. It's such the time, and there is no more beloved mystery than Clue. I mean, it is at least for our family. You know, my, my brother and mine. That was the board game of all board games when we were growing up. Like, played it all the time. Like, it is the movie's good. Like, I like the movie, but it's not so good that you can't touch it and do a remake. It's time. My only requirement is that Tim Curry remains in the film. I fully agree with that. Okay. I fully agree with that. He has to stay in it. Also, just really quickly before you go into your honorables, while we're just sort of riffing here, how many movies are there 
that are based on board games besides Battleship. I guess that's the only one that I can think of. Are there others? That's actually a really good point. Maybe this is where we can take films next. You know, we've done the comic board games. Thing. Let's go board game. Board games are having a moment, you know? I Dude, mean, they're massive right now. Guess who? Oh, wow. Guess who? I forgot. Guess who is a Monopoly? I mean, oh, Monopoly? I mean, that's basically Wolf of Wall Street, but I like it. Um, <laughs> no, I think this is the next place for movies. Anyway. Candyland? Shoots and ladders. Now we're just saying all games. Yeah, now we're just saying all the games. Wow. Okay, so honor. Wow, honorables. I'll try to take us to a few. So just to continue, sort of on that page because this one was on my list, but it also was on Kosh's list and my brother's list is 1983's The Outsiders, which I know I'm biased because it's on my list, but it's honorable, so fuck it. I truly think this would just be the most epic remake. Like the cast is so insanely stacked from the 83 version. It's like Tom Cruise, um, Patrick Swayze, Emilio Estevez, Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe, Ralph Macchio, Matt Dillon. There's so many people in this movie. And it's like Diane Lane, by the way, because we've said Diane Lane once or twice on this episode, but it just like, for having one of the most epic ensemble casts, and personally, in my opinion, like the maybe the greatest book ever written, the movie isn't that level of like absolute classic. It's good. Well, I don't even know if good is the right way to put it. It's it's solid. Yeah. And Coppola directed it. I mean, it should be awesome. It should be in the discussion for one of the greatest movies ever, given all the things surrounding it. But it's it's definitely not one of the greatest movies ever. It's a solid movie, so it's like I'd love to see what they could do with it. Now, would you want would you want like a more modern adaptation, or you'd want it sort of set in the same time? Ooh, I'd be open to either way, but I kind of think there's something about it being set in that time. Mm, okay, but it's tough. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a tall task, I would say, to get that to work for sort of modern audiences. But the potential is still there because, like you said, the book is incredible, and I just think it needs to be put in the right hands. Yeah, so we'll see. I'll give, okay, some quick shouts. Got to give a shout to Poss's list with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Mm. I don't think it needs to be remade, to be honest. I love the original, but I can understand in the same vein as A Wizard of Oz that there could be an epic remake. Did you see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Was that any good? I did. The one with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. I I, I think they could make a less Tim Burtonized version of it. Oh, right. That yeah. could be really good. Yeah. Um, It just intrigued me. It intrigued me, although I will say hilariously, and I will correct it here. I love you, Poss. But the whole time he says that he would like Chris Christoph Waltz to be Willy Wonka, which I think is a great idea, by the way. But the whole time he calls him Christopher Waltz and his name is Christoph. Okay. Waltz. Yeah. So if anyone was confused, that's what we're talking about. I think he'd make a great Willy Wonka. I love the idea. Mm. So that's, I thought was interesting. I have to give a very quick shout to Mendy's pick of the birds because it's just too hilarious that he picked that while oh, we yeah. were at Wilder's house. Who's absolutely terrified of birds and of the birds. I really liked Casey and Hannah's pick of American Psycho. 
that's another movie that I thought should have been even better for how much people love the source material. I'm very conflicted on that one, but it's definitely the same where like if they remade it, I'd be there opening night. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like part of me is like, you know, Christian Bale, what a great person for the role. But then I'm like, ah, but they could have made it even better. I don't know. I really liked Kosh's pick of Beavis and Butthead do America, but make it R rated because I mean, that sounds fucking awesome. And the last one I'll shout out is I really liked Finnerty's shout for Goosebumps, the Haunted Mask. I'm a big Goosebumps guy and I didn't, for being a big Goosebumps guy, I actually haven't seen the Jack Black Goosebumps yet, which is a fail on my part. But The Haunted Mask was always a pretty memorable one. And fuck it. I'd, I'd be down to see that. Let's do it. I I can't believe it's taken us, I don't know what episode this will be, like something around 60-ish. I can't believe it's taken us 60 episodes. So a long, long overdue shout out to R.L. Stein. Oh, the man, the myth, the legend. Unbelievable. Absolutely incredible. But yeah, I, th- I think that's it for me, dude. Yeah, well, this was this was fun. I'm glad we got to revisit the lists. I'm glad we got Me to too. put together a, a sober sort of idea of our own lists from the, the wonderful picks of our, our friends. Um, as we said, the very long version um, will be going up. It is hilarious. I would definitely encourage you to listen to it, uh, you know, if you want to spend the time. But I'm glad we did this as well. Me too. Me too. I feel like this is a nice way to be able to talk about the topic in a concise, you know, hour long or so episode. And uh, for people that want to just be purely entertained by the silliness of all of us for a good three plus hours, dive in next weekend because it gets loopy and there's some funny shit. Yeah. I was going to say, and should we just mention that? So, as you're listening to this, that episode will come out one week from today, as usual, on a Sunday. Um, however, we don't want to deprive you of you know your regular episode. So we are going to do a regular episode. It's just going to come out a few days later than normal, just to give you a little bit of a gap there. Yeah, and then we'll be back that following Sunday with, an, with another normal episode as usual. So just keep you, know, you, get a little, you get a little bonus up that one week. You get, you get double trouble, so it's going to be great. Well, you guys know we always like to hear what you think. So if you have any great remake ideas or if you listen to the episode next week and you want to tell us whose list you thought was the best of everyone, hit us up on socials, Top Fives and Deep Dives on Instagram, Top Dives on Twitter. We love hearing from you guys. And uh, if you want to help us out, no money involved, Go to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, and write a little quick review. It helps us get noticed. We really appreciate it. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Peace out. This is Top Fives and Deep Dives. Top Fives and Deep Dives with Town of PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives with Town of PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives with Town of PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives with Town of PTM. Director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin Tarantino.
Sounds delightful. <laughs>